with free agency well underway, what teams are still in play for Eric Carlson? Plus, our team of gets traded and what's left for Mike Greer to do? All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay area. My name is JD Young, contributor to San Jose Hockey Now and Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, probably a part of the Locked On Network where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is uh, follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can subscribe on YouTube as well. If you haven't subscribed, now's the perfect time. We're closing in on 2,000 subscribers, so uh, great time to, to get in now, especially with all the draft coverage. Uh, we've finished up. We have development camp this week and plenty of stuff to talk about as we head into a new season of Sharks. Uh, so let's talk about... Today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of fun stuff. So we have, of course, um, Eric Carlson rumors abound uh, as he has apparently officially uh, requested a trade. Um, so we're going to talk about what teams are still left in the hunt for, for Carlson and how much cap space do they have and what would kind of make sense for them. I'm going to talk about uh uh, or Timmy Kanaizev getting traded um, to the Winnipeg Jets. And then look at what some holes Mike Greer still has to try to fill out and kind of some guys that I think he might be, that I would at least potentially kick the tires on. So um, let's start with the Carlson news. So you know, the, the teams that are kind of still, at least kind of that, that you're hearing over the weekend, right? Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Seattle Kraken. These are kind of the the three names right now. And I know um, as of Sunday, it it felt like the Hurricanes were kind of a little bit of the leader in the clubhouse. So going to look at kind of where these teams are at for cap space and what type of contracts would have to potentially come back uh, for this trade to work. And it sounds like there's going to be a third team involved. This However, this happens is going to be a very, very complicated trade uh, for all parties involved. But let's start with the the Carolina Hurricanes, who, again, kind of feel like they might be the the front runners right now. Um, The Hurricanes, right as of Sunday night, have $2.8 million in cap space right now with a roster size of 22 out of 23. Um, They have their first round pick this year and they have uh two second round they have basically all their picks um with the exception of a 2026 third round pick um they're they're pretty well stacked you know stacked on all their picks they again only two million dollars so the, there is going to have to be some fancy fancy finagling here of cap space to get this working um going forward so they don't really have any bad contracts because they're a really smart team. Um, and th- so it's, it's going to be tough, I think to get this done because the big name contracts are Sebastian Ajo, which they wouldn't trade uh, Tara Vinen, who's very good. Um, maybe 
Kakanemi, who's making $4.8 million for the next bajillion years. Um, but that seems kind of counterintuitive for the Sharks, even though he is only 22, so he's very young. Um, but he is very much overpaid for that contract. And um, I don't think the Hurricanes owner would do that, especially with the, um, yeah, just for Kakanemi. He's, yeah. Uh, as you know, especially with, with the Montreal thing going, you know, what happened there with the offer sheet, all that fun stuff. So, um, I think that is a, I doubt that would happen, but that's at least one you could circle where the sharks would maybe, um, yes, it's a long contract at under $5 million, but he's only 22. So you're looking at potentially getting a player who would be part of your next core, um, as he's still developing right now. Um, they just signed Michael Bunting, Martin uh, Nickus, who's 24, Jordan Stahl, who they just resigned, Jesper Foss, who they just resigned, um, and then a bunch of guys who are making like a million dollars. Like you don't just not enough contracts there to kind of make it work, right? You need some. You need to figure out how to get uh, somewhere around seven million dollars worth of contracts for you know and looking at the defense right uh dimitri orlov who they just signed uh jacob slavin you're not they're not trading jacob slavin is one of the best like pure defensemen uh brent burns um that's not happening um brett pesci maybe he's for you know four million dollars there's been talk of him being on the trade uh block type of situation i've they've also talked that they want to try to work out a long deal a longer deal with him um you know, it's that I guess that would be kind of the foundation right there is Brett Pesci. And then you're going to have to try to find another contract, um, you know, or bundle together some other contracts to try to get close to that seven, you know, at least in the seven million dollar range type of thing, especially if the Sharks eat, if the Sharks eat some and a third team eats some, you know, then maybe you're looking at in the four to five million dollar range. Uh, but that's going to cost, because uh, then Carolina has to pay two teams basically uh, to, for this contract type of thing. But um, I would assume, I guess Brett Pesci would be the, the foundational piece, at least contract wise, who has one year left on his $4 million, a little over $4 million contract, uh, right-handed defenseman. And then you're looking at who knows um, maybe you can get a prospect back and you're hoping for some picks type of thing. So, I mean, Carolina is very good at drafting and they, their prospect pools always got uh, interesting players in it. Um, so, It'd be interesting, but that that's that's at least the first one, right? Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who've been rumored, but it seems like that with the moves that they made this weekend, they could be out now because they're actually $1.5 million over the cap. Just as a reminder, you can be up to 10% over the cap until uh, the start of the season. Then you have to be uh, cap compliant. Um, with them, uh, Jeff Petrie would be kind of the centerpiece. So at least contract wise coming back for them because um, he makes $6.25 million. So basically if, if the Penguins, if it's Jeff Petrie and then you throw in something else to try to make the contracts a little bit closer, um, then you can kind of wink, kind of, look at it and, and be like, okay, I can kind of figure this out. They do also have three goalies on the ro roster right now between um, Tristan Jari, who they just resigned, Casey DeSmith, who's probably on his way out, and then uh, Ned, who uh, that was with the 
Red Wings and then also with uh, the Hurricanes, who they just signed a free agency today. So I'd assume Casey DeSmith is, is on his way out as well. So um, they do have some picks. They have rounds. Uh, and they do have their first and second round pick uh, this year, next year, and the following year. Uh, prospect pool is, is is not good, and that's what happens when you've been a good team for a very long time. You're trading away those prospects. You're trading away those picks. Owen Pickering would be, I guess, where they would start. Who is a left-handed defenseman? Um, I guess would you know what I would say is probably their best prospect. Um, so. And then um, the Kraken, who still make a ton of sense, have been very, very quiet, have $14 million in cap space, so they can actually just eat the entire uh, Eric Carlson um, contract if they were not eat. They could just take on the entire Eric Carlson contract if they want. They do have some RFAs that they need to take care of, including Vince Dunn, um, who had a, a, a good season for them last year. Um, so, but, you know, like, it, We'll see with them. Um, again, they don't really have, since they're such a new team, they don't really have any bad contracts. Um, their highest paid player is Jordan Ellerby at $5.5 million. Uh, oh, sorry, scratch that. Uh, Philip Grubauer at $5.9 million. Um, so, th- yeah, they're, they're, they could make it work if they want to send contracts back, but they don't really have to again because they have a lot of kind of cap space right now this year. Um, and the only kind of big so they're gonna have the maddie Beniers contract they're gonna have to work on for next year um you know because he will be an rfa so if they want to play the bridge game um but again they they're with their team being so young um they don't have any bad contracts type of situations and maddie Beniers is kind of the only guy that they're going to pay right now um going at least going forward so and eli tolvanen who's going to be amazing because of course, he's going to be very amazing. The Sharks have got him. Anyway, um, so those are the, the, the big names right now. Um, I think this Seattle one make is, I think, the easiest. Um, if I had to rank them easy-wise, uh, Seattle's the easiest. Carolina is the hardest. And the Penguins, if if Jeff Petrie can waves his non-movement clause, uh, there's no trade clause. I don't know how many teams and stuff is on it, but uh, or I guess I could look right now. But if I had to kind of power rank it, I think again, Seattle's the easiest because they have cap space. Um, they have assets and it makes the most amount of sense. Even I know it's in the division, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really care if it's in the division. Um, but, um, and then the penguins is, like I said, I think if Jeff Petrie, who has, does have a, is a 15 no team, no trade clause. So there's a 50, 50 chance that the sharks are on that trade clause or not. So, um, and then I think with Carolina, it's it's the hardest because they don't really have bad contracts. And I don't know, I guess Pesci's going to, and this that one's the one where you probably have to go see a third team bring it in. So um, before we continue, we talk about uh, the Kanaizev trade and why Mike Greer did it. Um, do need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel and if you want to take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, you can get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, You'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to over under. Who do you think is going to hit a home first home run? Um, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. 
There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so of course the Sharks, everyone probably woke up, at least I woke up on uh, Sunday morning to the news that uh, Artemi Kanijov had been traded uh, to the Winnipeg Jets for one Leon uh, Gah, it's Leon Gahavke, Gahavke, hold on, I had this, Um, Leon Gahavke, yes, so it's spelled Gawanke, but it's Kahavke because he's German. Um, so I know people are like, what's up with this? Why did this? This doesn't make a lot of sense, um, especially for Kanaizev, who played really well down the stretch last year. But the Sharks' defense pipeline has changed a lot. Um, I know Kanaizev was a, a second-round pick, you know, in the 2019 draft, and he had played in the Barracuda the past couple of seasons. Even had an NHL game way, way back in the COVID weird COVID bubble season. Um, but it it's very clear for that Mike Greer. There's a lot of defensemen who've kind of jumped him or surpassed him, right? Um, so NHL defensemen again for. If you're if you're trying to stick left right for them as best you can, so NHL defensemen who are in front of him, Vlasic who's not going to go anywhere for the next couple of years, Mario Ferraro not going to go anywhere. Um, you also have Nikolai Knizhov who I think is a better player than Knizhev. Um, you have Henry Thrun who's their, the Sharks' shiny new toy that they traded for and looked very very you know looked pretty good in his limited time last season with the Sharks. Um, is also becoming BFFs with David Quinn by playing in the World Championships this offseason. Um, you have um, Jacob McDonald, who's kind of that Swiss Army knife if you need to kind of. I think McDonald will probably play some Barracuda games this year. Um, so you have all those guys on the left side. Um, and then you look at the Barracuda roster, right? Uh, so you have Muka Madulin, who's shiny toy that you just got in the Timo Meyer trade. Uh, Nikita Ohotka, um, who, again, part of the Sharks uh, tr- trade. You have Nick Chichek, uh, or sorry, part of the Timo Meyer trade for Ohotka. Um, Nick Chichek who's played some, you know, played a fair amount of NHL games last year, Artem Gurev, who just uh, signed his ELC this season and will be with the Barracuda. Um, and it just, I think the path for Knaizev to play NHL games is is kind of limited, to be honest, right? Um, I think they're going to give Mukum Dillon a chance before Knaizev plays NHL games because I think Mukum Dillon has a higher ceiling. Um, you know, Nick Chichek, you know, I know he was a bit of a mess, but he was still played in the NHL, and I think he can be an NHL defenseman, um, you know, kind of fitting that role, right? Um, like, there, there's, it just felt like there's just a, a lot of guys who kind of maybe jumped in front, and maybe the Sharks gave up on Kanaizev too early, but I just I don't think there was a pathway for Kanaizev to play NHL games here this year or maybe, you know, the next couple of seasons uh, just because of the log jam and left-handed defenseman um, with uh, Gavanke. Um, he had, has kind of had a, you know, 
one being a right-handed defenseman helps um and two he's had some really good seasons in the ahl so last year he had 45 points in 68 games with the manitoba moose had 20 goals led was tied for first among all ahl defensemen uh in goals and then his 45 points were tied for 10th um in all ahl defensemen so he is between mukamadulin and um Gavanka, you're you have your kind of two power play special, you know, they can run your power play for you. Um, and then the year before in the AHL, um, he had uh, Gavanka had 10 goals, 26 assists, and 36 points in 65 games. Um, he's also played on, you know, he's represented Germany uh several times, so has yet to make his uh NHL debut, but it, it sounds like he could be a guy who's pushing for an NHL job here sooner rather than later and especially on the right side where i think the passage is much easier right um carlson who we just talked about in the first segment if he's gone um that that really kind of opens up the pathway for a guy like gavanke um and again it's not like i mean gavanke has produced in the ahl um i know he's 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 only 24 it's like he's some old guy who's um you know been around the block for a while but he's had two really solid seasons in the ahl um and he's right-handed which the sharks just need more right-handed player defensemen in their prospect system right now um who are going to play this year gan Rock, who's couldn't be a surprise and makes the team out of, or at least makes the Barracuda out of camp. Um, but you know, he did, he's coming off two hip injuries where he missed basically all but four games last year um, for, you know, in the WHL. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gantler Rock goes back to the WHL to try to have a, a, you know, one more really good season before making the jump to the Barracuda. Um, but again, if, if Carlson's traded, right, you're going to have Matt Benning. Um, you have Kyle Burroughs. There's your right-handed defenseman on the Sharks right now. Um, again, I know McDonald can kind of play both sides. A lot of these guys can can play both sides if they need to. Um, but again, I, I think having a guy who's probably a little bit more NHL ready, um, and I think just has a, a, a clear path uh, for his role going forward. So um, we shall see what happens there. Um, you know, I, I liked Kanaizev uh, a lot. I, I thought he had a really strong second half of the season last year for the Barracuda, and I think he's got a bright future in front of him. Um, but, you know, you can see with all the new additions in the Sharks pipeline and Mike Greer just, you know, trying to find his guys right now. And I'm not sure if Kanaizev was uh, one of his guys, or at least if, if Mike Greer liked the way he played type of, of players so um all the best to him um i think he's gonna go kill it for i wouldn't be surprised especially with winnipeg right now where they the how everything's going to winnipeg and it sounds like blowing it up type of, of stuff there um you know it's a kind of makes some uh makes you know gets to play some more nhl games this year so um before we finish up and look at some of the kind of remaining names and what mike Greer needs to kind of do i or at least what I think my career might try to do before uh, the end of free agency uh, do want to take a real quick break. Uh, thank you guys for making locked on sharks. Your first listen again, probably a part of the locked on network where we cover your team every day. If you want to be an everyday, all you got to do is just come back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to start talking about development camp. 
uh, tomorrow because Tuesday is the first day of development camp. We'll have the actual roster, so we'll talk about the roster. Maybe get to know some of the new players on development camp. And then this week, uh, of course, we have Thursday night. We have uh, the the prospect scrimmage, so we'll talk about the prospect scrimmage. We'll continue to kind of dig into some of these new players and um, you know the new yeah all the new children that are with the Sharks right now. So uh, again, just make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts or. You can subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, so what does Mike Greer need to do? Uh, so with the Sharks right now, they've got about $5.6 million worth of cap space at the moment. Um, they still need to uh, re-sign Martin Kaut and then, of course, uh, re-sign Leo, uh, Leon Kavanke. Um, if Kaut and Kavanke end up playing, and I wouldn't be surprised about those guys are in the a- AHL. Um both would need to pass two waivers, but I'm not worried about that, to be honest, between the two of them. So as of right now, um, the Sharks roster is 11 forwards, nine defensemen. Uh, there's two goal, or sorry, 12 forwards with uh, one Luke Cunning, who's still in IR, but he'll be ready for the season. So 12 forwards, nine defensemen, and two goalies. Um, I, I think, I mean, we're we're pretty close to seeing it set here. Um, I still think for Mike Greer, I wouldn't be surprised if he looks for some more kind of someone who can play center on the bottom and the, the bottom uh, kind of that fourth line center, right? Especially when you traded away um, Steven Lorenz, Steven Lorenz, Came in, had a really nice season for the Sharks as their fourth line center. Um, but, you know, I, I think for the Sharks now, they only really have natural centers. You have Couture, uh, you have Hurdle, you have Nico Sturm, and then everybody else is kind of a, a winger type of player. So, unless they want to try maybe like Jacob Peterson as center, but I, I think I'd rather have him more in that top six, middle six type of role. Um, or if you want Ryan Carpenter, who they just signed, who's a natural center, um, you know, I think he could play your fourth line center, but I would rather have him in the Barracuda kind of being your, being that Andrew Agazino type of, of player down there. Um, and, you know, Thomas Bordalo, who I think is a center, um, but I don't know if he's ready for, I don't, he Thomas Borlo needs to be playing in your top six, basically. Uh, he needs to be your, your basically your second or third line center. Um, I don't think he's ready for that right now, especially with the way he kind of ended last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Mike Greer is coupon shopping uh, to try to find a potential center. Um, so some of the the guys left um, who might make sense, um, my boy. My boy, Pius Suter, um, who, again, I don't think he's going to cost very much. He can play center. Um, he's de- very good defensively, defensively responsible. Um, you know, he's probably going to cost, you could probably get him for like one one year, like 1.5 million or something like that, right? The Sharks have plenty of cap space. It doesn't uh, matter. It's not like a rolls over or anything like that. Um, another guy, maybe like a, a Thomas Nasik, who's, you know, a little bit older. He's 30. He's been playing on winning teams for the Bruins, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, I think he can come in and play, just be, you know, be solid defensively on your bottom pair, bottom line there. So, um, 
you know, that I think guys like that who are maybe a little bit older, maybe a little undervalued, who are going to kind of come in and, and hold down the job for a little bit, um, again, for a year, half a year type of thing. And then, um, you know, especially a guy like uh, like Thomas Nasek, who's a little bit older, but at the trade deadline, you can trade him to a team who's looking for that, you know, a guy who can kind of come in and play on their bottom line uh, type of player. So I think that is where my career is going to look again, trying to find someone who can solidify that four C spot for the sharks. Um, especially with Nico Stern playing three C uh, Couture is your two C and hurdle is your one C trying to find someone who can, can solidify that and not have to ask some of these young guys like a Tristan Robbins or um, Thomas Bordelow to kind of come in and play that position quite yet. Um, or if he wants to let those guys do that too as well. But I think he would rather them play, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night in the AHL than play seven minutes in the NHL, right? Um, better for their development to be playing, at least starting the year with the Barracuda, uh, where they're going to be kind of considered to be the guys this year. So that's why I think they try to go out and try to find a, a cheap veteran option at 4C um, this year. And then if you, if somebody kind of pops, you can trade him at uh, whoever your 4C is at the deadline. Uh, I know people were asking for Nico Sturm last year at the deadline. If, if somebody wants Nico Sturm, um, cool type of thing. So, and then I think they, you know, for the wings, they, they have a fair amount right now, right? You have, uh, you're going to kind of pencil in Eklund, right? Um, LeBanc's still on the team. You have Duclair, you have Barabanov. I think those are your top four wings right there. Um a second line or a third line of probably like a Zetterlin and Peterson. Um, and then, you know, you have your Oscar Lindblom and uh, Luke Cunning, I guess would be kind of your fourth line if I was trying to figure out the lines right now type of situation. So my grid did say they're probably going to be done on the back end. Again, you have nine defensemen under contract um, and we'll see who, who makes it. If Eric Carlson gets traded there, changes things a lot right there. Um, but, you know, I think guys like Redeem Shimmick or Jacob McDonald's are probably going to be fighting for their jobs going into training camp. Um, and Henry Thrun is the only one of those guys who's still waivers exempt. Uh, so maybe he starts with the Barracuda, but I think the Sharks are really, really high on Thrun. I want to give him every opportunity to try to win uh, win a job coming out of camp. So, um, but yeah, I think 4C is kind of where they're going to be focusing on um again it doesn't it can be a vet min type of contract for for them it's not going to kill them and if that guy needs to eventually be scratched or whatever i don't or traded i don't think it's gonna be the end of the world type of thing so you just you're just looking for some insulation too especially if hurdle again hurdle and couture only missed three games combined last year that's because hurdle was suspended for two and then missed one for the birth of his child i don't think it's feasible to think that those guys are going to go a full season with being healthy again. So having some insulation there um, and then, or if you just want to bring a Bordelow type of thing, uh, you can always do that as well. But I think Greer again, does not want to rush these young guys. So um, yeah, and I think it's going to be bargain shopping, try to find some guys who are kind of like, uh, you know, guys who may be a little undervalued right now. Um, bring those guys in and see if they can resurrect their career. You're, this is that roster churning phase, right? Of trying to find guys who fit what you're trying to build um, that you can either turn it into another asset, or maybe they surprise you um, a bear ban off style and they turn out way better than you are, but 
they're not going to cost you a lot to either acquire them or sign them type of thing. So I think you're going to continue to see that uh, taking chances on guys who maybe have been undervalued or underutilized elsewhere and give them an opportunity here in San Jose where, again, there's a lot a lot of jobs i think that are potentially open for for some of these guys going forward so um so yeah we'll see what mike Greer continues to do so far i've been very i think i've been pretty happy with with his free agency um he said they weren't going to be big spenders um but i think the moves that they made have been smart the signings that they made have been smart they haven't really given guys a lot of money and or term again the longest the Longest term they've given us three years, and that's for Kyle Burroughs at $1.1 million a year. And the most money they've given out is uh, Blackwood for, you know, basically a little under $2.5 million. Like, smart. I think they've all been very smart contracts um, that you can either get out of easily um, or if you need to – they're tradable contracts or – as well too so um so that's gonna be it for me today like i said we'll be back tomorrow um to talk about development camp we should have the roster tomorrow with the first day of uh development camp i think on tuesday or no or tomorrow whenever it is the first day of development camp but we should get the roster so we'll start talking about that um and then um talk about whatever happens with development camp this week and prospect scrimmage and i think we're going to be looking back at the 2018 draft here uh this week as well so uh, again, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. You can watch on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter if it's working, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Locked on Sharks. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, again, if it's working at my fry hole. Until tomorrow, bye, friends. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.